0: You guys feeling good? Yes, ready for a new year. You know, I'm excited uh, that I get the opportunity to share the first message of 2018. Mm -hmm. All right, it's becoming somewhat of a tradition. Last year, uh, what is it, New Year's fell on a Sunday. So I got to preach the last message of 2016, the first message of 2017, and here I am again Mm -hmm. teaching the first message of 2018. And it's an honor. I'm excited. My parents send their love, Pastor Troy and Steph. They are getting some much-needed rest after our incredible Christmas run, over 10 services. So they're getting some rest. But Pastor Troy will be back next weekend as we kick off our new series, Torch. And it's going to be awesome. We'd love for you to join us and to uh, invite a friend. And, you know, 2018 is already off to a great start because I became an uncle this week. Yes, I became an uncle, and you know what, my wife and I, we don't have children, but we're auntie and uncle, so I'm going to show you some pictures, all right, you're going to see some pictures of my beautiful niece, there she is, her name is JC Lee Farver, all those at Hallandale, they're going to love this, she was born January 2nd at 1202, can I tell you how annoying that is, two minutes away from being a January 1st New Year's baby, but she was born the second at 1202, 5 pounds, 14 ounces, I have another picture of her as well. And that's her in her little New Year's dress, fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's her, isn't she the cutest thing? Uh, She's got several uncles, but I'm her favorite. Okay, she hasn't told me yet, but I just know instinctively. And we're working on getting her to say Uncle Ty is the best. All right, by the end of the year, she'll have it down. But but it's already off to a great start. And if you got your Bibles or the outline you received when you came in, I want to jump right into Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. I'm recovering from the flu, all right? So you're going to have to give me some grace today. I got some hot tea, I got some cough drops, and um, God is good. Isaiah 43, we're going to start in verse 16. And Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet, he says this. He says, This is what the Lord says He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, The army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. So Isaiah is recounting what God has done in the past for the people of Israel. That he's brought them through the wilderness, that he's made a way where there was no way. And in verse 19, he says, or in verse 18, he says this, but forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. He's saying, you know, that's how I did it before, but I don't want you to get hung up on how I did it before. Because in verse 19, he says, for I am doing a new thing, a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way through the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You know, the number eight in the Bible represents new beginnings. And I believe that as we head into 2018, 2018, that that's what God believes for your life. That it's a year of new beginnings. your it's a year of fresh beginnings. My uh, title for my message today is this, I Dare You. I dare you. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you so much for your grace, God. We thank you for this time that we have together, God, to worship you, to serve you, God, to receive a word from you. And God, I know that there are those sitting here today, God, and what brought them here was that 2018 has already had some unexpected turns. Maybe there's some baggage that's crossed over from 2017 into 2018. But God, we just believe that as we are here today, God, we're not here by coincidence. We're here because you've brought us here. We got ourselves up out of bed, God. We made it here because we are desperate for more of you. We're ready to receive a word from you. So, God, I pray you remove every distraction, every burden from our hearts, from our minds. God, just for these next few moments, may nothing get in the way of your word. We commit this moment to you. We love you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. My message, I dare you. Now, whoever played truth or dare before, right? (laughs) All right, a few of us. Um, Yes, you know, um, I've played truth or dare. And. And one time I remember it was back, uh, back several years ago. I was probably like in middle school. Carson was uh, uh, in elementary school. He was up here a minute ago. And, and we decided to play truth or dare and just do some really crazy dares. It really wasn't about the truth because, right, the truth is never the fun part. It's all about the dare. And, uh, and so we were playing in Carson. I remember uh, we had uh, this freezer in the garage, it's one of those, free, those big freezers that you open up from the top. And Carson dared me. He said, I dare you to go and stick your tongue on the freezer, on the inside of the freezer. And you're laughing because you've seen, what is it, the Christmas story? And I should have known that this was not a good idea. But we're playing truth or dare. And when you play truth or dare, whatever the dare is, even though you know it is crazy, out there stupid, you still do it. And so we go out to the garage And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to stick my whole tongue. I'm just going to stick, like, part of my lips onto it, right? Because I think I'm smarter than Carson. I think I can, you know, I'm smarter than this freezer, right? I can do it without getting stuck, right? That was the dare. And so we go out to the garage. Carson's beside me, and I lift it up, and I stick my head in, and I just barely stick my lips to the inside of the freezer, all right? I'm, like, in this position. And I stick them just barely, and when I go to pull, now I'm stuck, All right, big surprise. I know you're not surprised, but I was surprised. Okay, and so I'm I'm stuck. I'm like, okay, okay. And I start pulling a little bit harder. And the harder I pull, actually, the more of my lips start to get stuck. Because I'm I'm pulling. I'm trying to talk to Carson. So now I've got, like, you know, slobber coming down my face, and that's getting stuck. So now my whole face is stuck to this freezer, and I start panicking. I'm I'm screaming. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Ah! And Carson's like, ah, and so he runs in. He's like, Mom, Tyler got his lips stuck to the freezer. And, of course, I hear my mom. It's always my mom. You never call for dad in those moments. You call for mom. And so my mom comes running, and, and she comes outside, and she's like, what? How did he get stuck to the freezer? And right at that moment, I pulled just hard enough, still left some skin on the inside of that freezer, blood coming down my face. And you know what? My mom really didn't have any sympathy. She just looked at me like, that is the stupidest thing that you two have ever done. And we've done some stupid things, all right? Just ask me later. I'll tell you about it. But that's what you do, right? When, when a dare is put out. You know, what if you and I dared to be great in 2018? What if we dared to surrender it all to God? What if this was the year of surrender? What if this was the year that that thing that we've been putting off, it's on our New Year's resolutions every single year? How many of you, you make, like, a list of New Year's resolutions? And how many of you know there are some things that are on there every year? Lose 20 pounds. Lose 20 pounds, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. It's going to be the year, right? Now, what if this was the year That we decided to be great. And and what I want to do, the title of the message is, I Dare You. And I want to present a few dares to you today. Things that that I dare you to do that can help shape your 2018. And the first one is this. If you're taking notes, determine your priorities. We're going to spell out the word dare. The first one, D. Determine your priorities. You know, the New Year's a great opportunity to reprioritize. And if we're not Keeping an eternal mindset. I'm talking about keeping our sights set on that which is eternal, not here on earth. James tells us that life is but a vapor. It's here one minute and it's gone the next. And how many of you can testify that it seems like every single year of life seems to speed up? Right? I mean, I thought when I, you know, it's like when you're a kid, childhood seems like forever. But then when you become an adult, it's like it just speeds by. Life is like a vapor. Here one minute, gone the next. And so we've got to keep an eternal mindset, not be working for the here and now, but working towards eternity. Otherwise, we will spend our life investing in the wrong priorities. You know, there's a story in Luke chapter 10. I want to read it to you. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. And this is Jesus with his disciples. They're traveling. They're doing ministry. And in verse 38, it says, while they were traveling, he being Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. She came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So Martha's kind of frustrated right now. Here Jesus walks in and she's preparing the house. She's cleaning and she's cooking and she's serving and and she's doing all the things that she thinks she's supposed to do. While her sister Mary is just sitting at Jesus' feet. How many of you maybe got a Mary in your life, right? We all know what a Mary looks like. When you're the one working, you're the one working hard, you're the one preparing, and you've got that person that is just kind of sitting around. This this is what's going on in Martha. She gets a little frustrated, and she says to to Jesus, she says, "Um, uh, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to give me a hand. It says that this this is how Jesus responded. He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. The word says that Martha was distracted by tasks. Not bad things, Many of them were good things. I'm sure she was cleaning the house. I mean, Jesus is coming, right? Got to have a clean house. She's cooking a magnificent meal. She's making sure all the candles are lit, that the environment and the atmosphere are set. She's doing many good things, but she's missing the quality one-on-one time with Jesus, the Savior of the world, the master teacher. She's missing out on this time because she's distracted by tasks, See, maybe there's many of us here today, and we look just like that, distracted by tasks, distracted by our own to-do lists, our own New Year's resolutions, our our own goals, our uh, things that we need to get done, things that we think God will be pleased with. But all along, we're missing the one thing that is necessary for us to succeed in 2018, and that is the power of Jesus Christ, the power of knowing Him intimately at work in our lives. See, sometimes we can get distracted by putting on all these different hats, right? We want to be the best dad, the best mom, the best spouse, the best employer, the best business owner. And, And we're so busy putting on all these hats and responding to all these different names that we forget to respond to our very first name, and that's child of God. And so now we're no longer putting God in his proper place in our lives. And then we wonder why the dream doesn't come to pass or why that marriage isn't flourishing or why the kids are screwing up and making bad decisions. And it's because we are spending a lot of time trying to get things in order but forgetting to put God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the everywhere at one time, all-knowing, all-powerful God in his proper place. See, we got to remember that we're not a product of time, but we're a product of eternity. Psalm 139 says that he knit us together in our mother's womb, that he brought all the inner parts of our being together. Ephesians 2 says that he created us for great works that he planned long ago. Long ago, meaning we're not a product of time, we're a product of eternity. And we've got to keep that eternity mindset so that we don't get distracted by the tasks Not things that are bad, but just things that are not God-centered and not God-focused. Because if we do, we'll miss the whole point. We'll miss how God wants to use us in the here and now. So we've got to ter- determine our priorities. We've got to set our priorities. I think so often we want to get by on the grace of God. I mean, God understands, right? I mean, we haven't been to church in a couple of months, but God understands. Right? He knows it's been a busy season at work. He knows that, man, the kids, they just have so many extracurricular activities these days. There's football, there's dance, and, and, and there's singing lessons and piano lessons. And God understands w- w- why we can't get there every weekend. Or God understands why we can't give in this financial season. Or God understands why we can't serve in this, in this season that we're in. And we want to get by on the grace of God. But you know what? God still has grace for me, right? I live in the grace zone. God loves me. I'm saved And so I can live in God's grace. But what we don't understand is that's abusing God's grace. Grace is not a license to do whatever we want to do. See, grace comes hand in hand with grit. Grit is our part. Grit is us doing our part. Grit is coming to church Even if it means that the kids might have to sacrifice some things because church is going to be a priority in the family. It means getting involved in that connect group, even though the pain that's on the inside of us is so deep, we just want to isolate ourselves. We don't want to be around anybody. See, that's what grit is. It's perseverance. And when we tie grit doing our part to grace, God doing his part. See, that's where we see the miracle happen. That's where we see the blessing come to pass. But it requires determining our priorities. You know, I think the new year, this is a a perfect opportunity, a perfect series to reprioritize. And you know, I I would challenge you to, starting next week, and be here all six weeks of the Torch series. All six weeks. Not every other week, not once a month, but all six weeks of the series, because can I tell you, I believe that God is going to move in a really powerful way. One of the things we're doing within uh, this six-week series is we're doing a fast, all right, and, and, and I want to explain a little bit how we're going to be doing it. We're not going to ask you to fast for 40 days. All right, because now you're, some people may choose to do that. That can be difficult to do, especially if you've never done a fast at all. <coughs> but we are going to ask that within these 40 days, this six-week series, that you take time to fast. And some may choose to fast for three days. Some people may choose to fast for a week, maybe others two weeks. And, you know, fasting, really what it is, is it's depriving ourselves of something so that we can seek God. You know, sometimes it means fasting from food or, or, you know, fasting from certain foods. Or it's fasting from social media or from movies or from online shopping or whatever it may be. Fasting from those things that we value, that bring us fulfillment and satisfaction. So that we can seek God with greater clarity and with greater pers- Precision. You know, my wife and I, one of the things we decided is we decided we are going to fast for the 40 days. And for the first 21 days, we're going to do the Daniel fast. And it's the fast talked about in in the book of Daniel, pretty much like brown rice and vegetables and fruit and lentils. And and so we're going to do that for 21 days. And then for the remaining 19 days, we're going to fast from movies and TV. And, you know, we're not doing that so that we can feel more spiritual or so that we can check it off on our list and say, look, God, we did it. No, we're doing it because we want to hear a word from God, because I want to hear God more loudly and more clearly in my life, because I've got some, some questions that I need answers to. And I really, we believe as a church that fasting is a great opportunity to hear a word from God without the distractions, without those things that you think sustain you so that you can come to the realization that it's Christ that sustains you. And when those hunger pains or, or that urge to, to go on Instagram or to do this or do that, when you replace it with prayer, God does something powerful in your life. And I believe that, listen, attending all six weeks of the series and participating in the fast, spending time daily in the Word and in prayer. It doesn't mean you got to read, you know, a whole chapter of Scripture and then wonder what the heck did you just read. No, sometimes it's just reading a simple verse, praying a simple prayer, but spending quality time with God. And can I tell you, in six weeks, you attend six weeks of the series, you participate in the fast that's beginning next weekend. You commit to walking daily with the Lord in his word and in prayer. Can I tell you, in six weeks, your life can look completely different. Maybe not the circumstances will all change, but God will do something in your heart. God will do something in your spirit and in your mind. we got to determine our priorities. That's the first step. The next one is this. Acknowledge our failures. Because once we acknowledge our failures, that is the first step in moving past our failures. You know, I love what Philippians three thirteen and 14 says. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. This is Paul speaking. He says, I am forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Now, see, if you study the life of Paul, you know that he has every reason to allow his past to dictate his future. Paul was a man who was known as a Pharisee, meaning he did everything by the law. That's how he served God. It was by the law. If you broke the law, oh, then you're an evil person. And he actually made it his mission to eradicate the world of Christ followers. He didn't like the message that Jesus Christ preached. And so he would persecute Christ followers. He would kill them. But yet this is the very same man saying, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead to the calling in which Christ Jesus calls us. See, Paul is the perfect example that we serve a God that makes all things new. And you know, so often the enemy will try and put your past into your present to try and wreck your future. You know, it was last weekend, right as we, well, actually not last weekend, it was two weeks ago on Saturday. And we were kicking off all of our Christmas services that Saturday. And before coming to church... My wife and I had to stop by Publix and, and pick something up. We're excited. We're expectant. You know, it's, it's been a busy season, but we are really just ready to, to, to see how God moves through our Christmas services. And And as we're outside of Publix, I actually ended up running into somebody uh, that knows someone from my past. And uh, a certain woman from my past. Um, and, and this person that I ran into... Um, I haven't seen them in about seven, eight years, kind of took me by surprise. And um, they had some preconceived notions about me, believing me to have said things about them that weren't true, things that that I had never said, but they believed were. And so uh, they responded to me and, and started to call me a hypocrite, told me what trash I was, and told me I had no right to stand on a stage and preach the word of God, even as I walked out to my car, just following behind me, shouting out, ranting, harassing me. And, and I kind of just said, you know what, have a nice day and Merry Christmas. Have a nice, you know how you do, have a nice day and Merry Christmas. Have a nice day and Merry Christmas, got into my car. And I was like, what in the world just happened? I haven't seen this person in seven, eight years. The past is behind me, but clearly the past wasn't behind them. See don't be surprised that when you're doing something for God's kingdom that people from your past don't start coming out of the woodworks that's the enemy trying to remind you of who you used to be trying to remind you of what you used to do see that's why it's important that we got to acknowledge our failures and then we got to move right on past them we got to move past those failures we got to move past those mistakes we got to move past our past because those things have no power over us anymore because we serve a God of the new. And so the next time the enemy tries to put your past in front of you and he tries to confuse your present and trying to wreck your future by adding a little bit of the past, you can remind him, yeah, you know what? Maybe I did make some mistakes and I do have a past and I did make some bad decisions. But let me tell you that those wounds don't hurt me anymore because I've dealt with them. I've moved past them. They have no power over me. So listen, enemy, if you're going to come after me, you're going to have to find some new material, because that is not going to keep me down anymore. You can try pressing on those wounds, those wounds that once stung, those wounds that once hurt, but you can keep pressing, but I don't feel any hurt. I don't feel any pain anymore, because I serve a God of the new, and I am a new creation. If he did it for Paul, he's doing it for me. We got to acknowledge our failures. You know, I, I really felt God lay on my heart this week. And this is something that I learned in 2017 is is that we have to stop allowing the opinions of others to put unnecessary pressure on ourselves. Stop allowing the opinions of other people to put unnecessary pressure on you. So oftentimes we limit and put God in a box, but let the opinions and thoughts and words of others run rampant in our lives. And we're the ones that end up in a box. God spoke strongly to me. Listen, you need to define the space in which you allow others' opinions in your mind. People mean well, but you know what? People are not God. And if God has already given you a piece about it, you don't need a word from someone else. And you know what? I would also say, you know what? God does speak to us through other people, through pastors, through mentors, through people of of good rapport, rapport and influence. And I believe that when God does speak through them, God will do one of two things. He will either confirm what they said in our heart or he will ignite something that they said in our heart. Meaning he'll confirm it.
1: Yeah, you know what? I've
0: been praying about that. And that word that they spoke with me, yeah, I receive that. God's confirming that in my heart. Or maybe it's something that you never thought about before. But then all of a sudden God starts igniting something up in your heart. You know what? Yeah, maybe I do have a passion for that. Yeah, yeah, I do feel that. But listen, don't let somebody speak a word over you and tell you that you need to do it if you have no peace from God about it. You need to walk away because people are not God and God will give us peace about those things. So we gotta determine our priorities, right? We gotta acknowledge our failures. And R is this, reclaim our joy. You know, I love Psalm 1611. It says, you will show me the way of life granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. See, if God never did another thing for you and I, it would still be enough because God is enough. He's already done enough for us. When he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for our sins, that was enough. And you know, our joy, Psalm 16, excuse me, tells us that our joy doesn't come from something tangible. Our joy doesn't even come from the blessing of God. Our joy comes from his presence. You know, that's why it's important to set God as our number one priority this year, because that's where we find our joy in walking closely with him and knowing him intimately and in knowing his heart and knowing his will. That is the joy that becomes our strength. See, even when life isn't going the way that I expected or wanted it to, I can still find joy because I'm walking with God, because I know his heart, because I know that I can trust him, because I know that he is faithful to his word and to his promises. And you know what? The greatest joy of all is not having to wonder whether or not you're making the right decision or wonder what path does God want you to take? You ever been in that place where you're at a crossroads and you're faced with one or two decisions. And it seems like you, you just can't hear God. You, you don't know what his will is. You don't, you don't know the path that he wants you to take. But can I tell you, when we are walking with God, when we allow him to invade every part of our lives, when we're spending time in the word and in prayer, that is the joy that we can know. That we're walking in the right path. That God's given us a peace. That God's given us a word. So you know what? We need to reclaim our joy in 2018. Some of us, maybe we need to reclaim our joy by stop blaming ourselves for other people's decisions. That's another thing God taught me in 2017. Stop blaming yourself for the choices of others. Some of us here today, we have allowed the choices of others to define our identity. Listen, there's nothing you could have done to change it. There's nothing you could have done to stop it. You are not responsible for the words and actions of others. You are only responsible for your words and your actions. Listen, don't let anybody get the best of you. Don't let anybody rob you of your integrity or your character. Listen, there's going to be people that try to manipulate you, that just push your buttons, and you just want to tell them off. You want to tell them where to go and how to get there. But don't let them get the best of you. Don't let what comes out of your mouth be displeasing to God. You know, some of us, maybe we need to reclaim our joy by letting go of the offense. In 2017, I learned that offense is a choice. And if you are offended today, it is by your choice. And there's nobody else to blame but yourself. You ever been talking with somebody and they keep kind of bringing up things of the past, that person that hurt them, that person that did that thing to them, and they're talking about and talking about but then they're like, oh, but I'm not bitter. Oh, but, but I forgave them. <laughs> you know what? Bitter people, or I'm sorry, people who are not bitter don't have to announce it. People can see it. And you know what? A wound can't heal if we keep picking the scab. If we truly want to heal, you know what? we got to stop talking about it. Those things that hurt us in 2017 don't even need to come out of our mouth in 2018. If we want to heal from it, then we got to stop talking about it. we got to stop dwelling on it. we got to stop meditating on it. we got to stop being offended by it and choose to let it go so that we can walk in the freedom that Jesus Christ paid for. So I want to encourage you today, whatever offense you're holding on to, Listen, choose today to let that go. Because if you keep picking that scab, that wound will never heal. And five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, something that was so small and minuscule is something that is still so painful and hurtful in your life. No, it's time that we reclaim our joy, that we don't allow the enemy to take from us joy, happiness, or peace. We gotta determine our priorities, acknowledge our failures, reclaim our joy, and where I want to end this today is this. We need to embrace the change. Embrace the change. 2018 is a year of new beginnings. And you know, that sounds good on paper, but sometimes new beginnings can be scary. See, we're creatures of habit. So when, when we get out of our ritual or out of habit, maybe God's leading us down a new path. Maybe God wants us to seek some new opportunities. It can be a little bit uncomfortable. You know, if I'm just being honest with you today, and I believe that it's important to be vulnerable and it's important to be authentic, you know, I've always prayed that anytime God gives me an opportunity to to speak and to share, that I'm not just sharing from... Words of wisdom, but also sharing from personal experience. And just like you, I, I I have struggles, I have problems, and I believe that 2017 has probably been one of the hardest years that my wife and I have had when it comes to change. We've experienced a lot of change in our family. Uh, we've experienced a lot of change in ministry. And uh, for those of you who may not know, I oversee the creative ministries, so you know the worship and the production and kind of everything that you see on stage. I have the honor of working with the team that helps bring that all together. And, uh, you know, I started off the year in, in our tech production ministry uh, with several hires. In the tech ministry, we've got, that's, up, that's, you know, audio, that's lighting, that's everything you see on the screens. You don't see them in here, but they're up in the control room. Shout out to all you guys in the control room that make it happen, and nobody may ever see it, but you work hard. We love you. And I started off with, with several hires and, and start, ended the year with no hires, and I f- found myself and my wife in the control room, no idea how to operate a camera, no idea how to operate a switcher board, no idea how to operate any of it. But yet we find ourselves in this place where we're forced to learn, where, where we have to make a few mistakes in order to get it right. And I remember at first being really bitter and frustrated about that. God, why am I in this situation? Why am I in this position? What did I do to deserve this? And you know what? I felt God whisper to me, Tyler, you're making new memories. You're learning new skills. And I just believe, you know what? Sometimes that's how we need to embrace change that occurs in our life. It may not look how we thought it would look or how we expected it to look, but we got to embrace it and say, you know what? I'm making new memories and I'm learning some new skills. If nothing else, God is using this situation right now to prepare me for what he has for me. This is not where I'm staying. See, sometimes we look at our circumstances like they're permanent, like they define us. Your circumstance doesn't define who you are. You are defined as a child of God. That is your identity. That is your first name. So we got to look at the circumstances. You know what? It's just temporary. It's just a season. I'm just learning something new. God is stretching me to prepare me for what he has for me. But you know what? Change is still difficult. When everything around us is changing, it can be so hard to stay focused on the promises of God. And, and I want to end this here today. If we can get somebody on, the, on the, the keys, I want to end this today in Hebrews 6, 17 through 20. And I'm going to ask all of us to stand up as we read this together uh, because I want us to engage. I don't want us to miss this moment I want us to hear this, this promise that God has for us. And it's in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 17 through 20. It says, Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. So, in other words, he's saying that you can trust what I'm about to say because God cannot lie, it is against his nature. And he's saying, I want to give you this promise so that you can be encouraged, so that your life can be enriched. And it says in 19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. You know, I want to show you a picture of an anchor. If we have it up on the screens, can we put it up? That's what an anchor looks like, all right? That's a drawing of an anchor. And see, what an anchor does, when a boat lets down its anchor, it keeps it in one position. So a boat can be near the shore, near safety, and it can drop its anchor down to the bottom, and that boat's not going anywhere. Doesn't matter if it's day or night. Doesn't matter how high the waves get. Doesn't matter how heavy the rain falls. That boat will remain in position because it's anchored to the shore and I feel like God has put in my heart to remind you in 2018 to let your anchor down oh you've been holding on to that anchor because you just feel there's no stability in your life and there's nothing that you can can drop your anchor to But I want to tell you today that you can drop that anchor, that you can let that anchor down in the word of God, in his goodness, in his faithfulness, in his promises, because his promises for you are yes and amen. You see, the promise is not that the storm won't come or that the waves won't get high or that the rain will fall, but the promise is that even when they do, when you tether yourself to the goodness and faithfulness of God, that nothing will shake you, just as the song says, unshakable, unmovable. Let your anchor down. Let this be the day in 2018 that you anchor yourself to the promises that God has for you, that you embrace the changes that are coming your way. Because if God brought you to it, then God will bring you through it, and no one will be able to deny it. Embrace the sting of that transition. Embrace the sting of that suffering. Anchor yourself to the word of God and what he says to you today. Everything around you may be changing. But just like that song says, his name is higher than any mountain that stands in your way. Whatever mountain it is, maybe it's a mountain of a failing marriage. Maybe it's a mountain of addiction. Maybe it's, it's the mountain of financial struggles. Maybe it's, it's the mountain of unemployment. Whatever mountain that stands before you, his name is higher. His name is greater than any sin, than any mess up, than any mistake that we could ever make. His name is greater. His word is unfair failing and his promise is unshaken and here in just a moment I want to give you an opportunity to respond and the worship team's going to come out in just a moment we're going to continue to worship and we're going to sing that song out that his name is higher that his name is greater and we're going to surrender and we're going to worship him today but I want to give you an opportunity to respond as well And in the outline you received when you came in if you open it up there should be a little card in there That's a commitment card. And I'm going to put up on the screens. I'm going to read to you what it says. It says, I commit to D, determine my priorities, meaning I'm going to walk daily with the Lord in prayer and in quiet time. I'm going to seek God through fasting. I'm going to attend all six weeks of this series. It lists A, I'm going to acknowledge my failures. R, I'm going to reclaim my joy. And E, I'm going to embrace the change. And I encourage you right where you're at before you leave just to sign at the bottom of that and take that with you as a reminder of what you're daring to do in 2018. But as we worship together, I want to invite you to come forward. And you can see we've got different letters spread out in the auditorium and on some of our stages at all of our campuses. We've got the D, we've got the A, the R, and the E, and we're going to leave this commitment up on the screens. But I'm going to ask you here in just a moment, I'm going to pray. We're going to worship together, and as we do, I'm going to invite you to come forward, and we're going to have ushers that are going to make their way to these different stations, and they're going to have Sharpies, and whatever letter represents your commitment, maybe a commitment that you need to make. Maybe it's reprioritizing. Maybe it's moving past your failures. Maybe it's reclaiming your joy. Maybe it's embracing the change. I want you to go whatever letter represents your commitment. I just want you to sign your name to it. And you know what? If you want to make multiple commitments, go to multiple letters, go to multiple stations. And this is a moment just between you and God. And it signifies that you know what, you're, you're no longer going to be who you were in 2017. No longer will the enemy distract you from prioritizing God as your one and only. Never again will your past intersect with your present and wreck your future. Never again will you lose your peace and your joy and your happiness. Never again will you push away the change, but you're going to embrace it. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to pray for us. The worship team is going to make their way out here. Father, right now I ask for courage to respond. God, to come forward and whatever commitment, God, we need to make. God, lay it on our hearts. Lay it in our minds, God. What commitment do we need to make today, God, that we need to stand before you and make a commitment, God, that we're gonna walk out of here different than how we walked in. We're not gonna let the enemy rob or steal anything from us. In 2018, God, we are setting our priorities. We're determining our priorities. That we are putting you first in our relationship with you. God, I am so thankful that we don't have to achieve anything. God, I'm thankful that our identity is not in what we achieve. Our identity is not in what we are labeled. But our identity is found in child of God. And may in 2018, God, we put on that name. We put on that hat. That we're going to be a child of God, that we're going to spend time with you. God, I I pray for the courage, Lord, to acknowledge our failures so that we can move past our past because the enemy just keeps putting it in front of us and God you cannot do a new thing in us if we are facing in the direction of the past so God I declare today that we are moving past those failures that we are moving past those regrets God I declare that today we are reclaiming the joy that the enemy has robbed from us and never again we serve him notice today that for the remainder of the year he will have no rights to our joy, to our happiness. God, I declare that we will embrace the change that is coming our way, God, that we will trust in you as our provider, as our savior. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus name we say, come on, let's worship and let's respond.